go straight into it. So, you know, introduce yourself, um, you know, uh, let, let the listeners know who you are. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So, um, so David Burns, hello everybody. I, um, I grew up in the UK, uh, on the little southeast town of Eastbourne that, um, when I tell people that they always say with all the old people, um, <laughs> in fact, in fact, recently someone said to me, it's becoming a bit younger now. So I was very happy yeah. about that first yeah. time in about 30 years. Anyone that has ever said that to me. So, um, you know, great upbringing, seaside town, lots of, you know, fishing and very healthy lifestyle. So, um, you know, very grateful for that. And then uh, I went to school in um, in Bexhill-on-Sea, good old Catholic school, um, <laughs> which, uh, you know, begrudgingly, actually, because we used to get up super early to catch a train to school. Um, but it was good in the winter when it snowed because the trains didn't run. So I was happy with that. And then, um, so then let's go. So then I left school. I went to catering, uh, Eastbourne College of Arts and Technology, two-year full-time catering diploma. Um, and I opted into the, the hot, uh, the hot, sweaty kitchens of London and, and, uh, and Europe. Okay. So I was chef, chef by trade for the first decade of my working life and uh, enjoyed it very much. Great, uh, great for traveling in Portugal. I worked in France and then I came to Australia in 1988. On a six-month working visa, which is now 32 years ago. Wow. So I overstayed that visa. Um, by, uh, so your parents are still here or they've moved with you? No, my parents passed away a long time ago. My mother okay. in 88 and my father 10 years later. So I had you know, a very small family um, and quite a small network back in the UK. So, you know, in a lot of ways made it easier to... Yeah. to come down here. Um, yeah. So again, you know, had a great, uh, great journey in Australia and, and, you know, discovered quite quickly that this was arguably going to be a better life for me um, yeah. for all the, yeah. all the obvious reasons. Um, yeah. And then I, uh, again, you know, chefing up and down the east coast of Australia. And then this is where, you know, the slightly uh, unusual uh, career diversification starts. So I, I joined Coles Supermarkets, which is like your Tesco, mm -hmm. um, in the capacity of, you know, development chef. And it was helping um, in earnest with the ready meals era here in Australia. And this is right. in the mid-90s. Yeah. And that, and that very quickly morphed me into the buying ranks uh, as part of the same team. So, you know, I very quickly became a buyer in the delicatessen. And then I ran the bakery business for Coles Supermarkets um, right through to about 2003 end of 2003 right um, so i had a very very steep trajectory of you know professional development and learning and personal development over over 10 years at cole supermarkets and um you know just quite bizarre from you know the the career i started out with and yeah very yeah. enjoyable and just constantly learning every second of the day like i still do now to be frank and um, then so then i joined um bp australia so i put together the wild bean cafe for bp here in australia i know you okay. know that yeah uh, concept well in in london there mm. um and went on to lead the merchandise team and that was part of a sort of a retail transformation from you know an oil company legacy to a serious retailing business here in australia in fact globally um and then I did a few other Tic Tacs uh, from sort of 2000. I, I spent four years with Repco Auto Parts, so total total industry change, but fundamentally the principles are the same. Similar business to your Hortons, similar. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then over the last four years, and again, this happened quite by accident, um, probably a bit, bit before when you and I first started talking, I, um, you know, with the industry knowledge and experience and, and, and background in the food industry, I, I started helping a friend of a friend who was developing a new brand and a new product range. And, and I, I thought to myself, this is, this is really enjoyable. And I realized I could add a lot of value to, in particular, food and beverage package brands with mm-hmm. their strategy. Because mm-hmm. obviously I've been on both sides, so I knew about the buying side and the selling side, and and that's just really morphed into, um, or a a lot of fun and a lot of travel, um, mm. and a lot of help for probably fifty or so brands that I've worked with over the last four years, and I've also done some work with Price Waterhouse Coopers, and more recently um, a lot of work in uh, trends, trends, current trends, and more importantly, what are the what are the future trends of of, of food and beverage? So. In little Mel- old Melbourne here, so that's uh, that's a, a lightning speed uh, journey yeah. of um, of David Burns. Yeah, it's it's interesting how you sort of transitioned from you know being a chef to getting into sort of a, a more uh, management, buying, procurement, and then sort of going. I guess you were you were always a uh, quite a, a um, people's person. The, the marketing, branding side becomes quite naturally to you. I think you're right, you know, and I guess uh, I'd say to anyone out there, regardless of what industry you're in, you know, you have to, um, everyone has, everyone has strengths and it's really about harnessing those strengths. You're going to go a lot further by, you know, leveraging your strengths than you are, you know, trying to develop your areas that need improvement. But yeah, I think I've always been entrepreneurial, very innovative, very right brained. You know, if I have to sit in front of a laptop for more than an hour and a half, I have to stand up and walk around type of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, no, yeah. absolutely. Makes sense. And, and family-wise, I mean, uh, again, I've done my research, you know, uh, married into a, a, a family that owns a, uh, an olive uh, vineyard. Yes, you, know, so, you have done yeah. very good research. Well done. Yes, um, so very entrepreneurial family. So my father-in-law um, uh, 25 years ago came home and said, I've just bought a farm to Lindy, my mother-in-law, which is sort of what he does, and then set out with the family to plant almost 3,000 trees over sort of three years. So now, uh, so we have quite a, you know, it's not a massive business, but it's really good business, keeps him busy. He's in his early 70s now, Um, olive oil, obviously, and we've recently started pickling the olives as well. Uh, Some go to the US, and the bulk of it is uh, 10-litre casks of oil to the hotels here in Australia. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we're up there with the boys quite often because um, they can run around and ride their bikes. And uh, especially at the moment, we'll be heading up there this afternoon with everything yeah, yeah. that's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's, it's it's really interesting. Obviously, I've sold olive oil, all sorts of olive oil, for many many years. So there's a, there's a bit of an interest there. And and uh, you know you, you you know I've I've started a little bit of cooking also. So obviously, olive oil is very central to to my own sort of taste buds uh so that oh, that's right. really interesting and then obviously there, there's the other side of the your wife's business which is jewelry yes yes so ellie's very very right brained also so it's just a bit dangerous you know a couple being extremely <laughs> right brained i must say because it means you don't get a lot of the administration of the businesses done as effectively as they should but yeah no she's very creative she designs her own jewelry and uh she gets but mainly sterling sterling silver yeah. And she gets that manufactured in uh, in, in India, and uh, yeah, she's done very well. It's about five years now. 
yeah. Matt and Crack, I'm sitting in the little in the little warehouse here where we we um, uh, keep all the all the jewelry and um, and Ellie's mother um, also has an importing business from India, soft furnishings and jewelry. Um, okay. And uh, and homewares, yeah. So it's yeah. a nice dovetail into into that with especially with the um, supply chain and you know works quite well together, doesn't it? Definitely, absolutely, yeah, yeah it does. No, it's good. So yeah. it's crazy family, lots of uh, interesting conversations at the dinner table. Well, very debate. entrepreneurial, isn't it? So it's, very. It's, yeah, yeah, and I guess that you know your 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 three boys, three boys. I've got three bun- young boys, nine, seven, and four. And um, and believe it or not, I've got another one due in uh, two weeks. Wow. <laughs> okay. Busy yes. boy. <laughs> it's going to be interesting times and, and yeah. you know, interesting interesting times to bring a new person into the world. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I guess that being a, 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 a an offspring of an entrepreneur myself, you know, we I was exposed to business all my life. I mean, your kids must be just soaking it up from, you know, parents, their grandparents, mother, father, you know, for them, it's like, wow. Yeah, well, it's interesting because, you know, they don't, I guess they don't really know any different, right? But yeah, I think they do love it. And I think one thing we do notice at school is, you know, lots of the other parents sort of comment on, you know, how how, uh, sort of entrepreneurial they are in their thinking. You know, we do lots of, we we do do lots of different things that perhaps their peer group potentially don't don't get up to you know right through from you know fishing out in the in the bay and the farming piece so yeah yeah it's amazing it's amazing for the for the kids i also i should say have um i have older children too um so they're older now adult children as well so it's um never a dull moment oh yeah yeah i i remember uh you just reminded me when when we were out in saudi we were i grew up in saudi with my father was an engineer there and he he had a he used to run a business and he had a, um, a construction site, but a camp for his thousand odd people. We actually built a go-kart with a motorcycle engine completely from scratch. My brother and I, we were like 10 or 11 or 12 at that stage. So, you know, you, yeah. when you have those sort of facilities available, you do really creative things when you're quite young. Oh, and no it, doubt it's, about it. It's, it's, it's a phenomenal experience to have when you're at that age. Yeah. My um, father-in-law is very handy, naturally handy. And he's been amazing with my, Luca, who's my nine-year-old. The other day, Luca was screwing in these flashy doorknobs on the back of his um, bedroom door so he could hang his dressing gown on. And I heard him say, oh, whoop, bit far and put the drill into reverse, you know, back out again. And he's, uh, he's just turned nine. So, yeah, it is, it is amazing. But, yeah. again, I don't know any different. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, interesting. So, you, you run uh, DJB Food Group? Yeah. Tell yeah, us a little bit more about them. Yeah. yeah, so they're my initials. I thought it'd be a good place to start. You know, <laughs> have your, your your business named after yourself is always uh, a good thing for many reasons. And so I think I think you know where it, what it's morphed into. I think I'm, you know in terms of um, you know reputationally, I think I've, I've done a good job in you know I guess you know stamping some sort of authority on this food and beverage industry, particularly in the packaged food and beverage area. Mm. Um, through you know some of the stuff you mentioned i've published a lot of sort of you know semi-helpful content um i have two partners in the uk in 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 london so we do um some referring either way Mm -hmm. a bit like you know a bit like the ashes yeah so that's really good and i've got contacts in the us and obviously with the proximity to asia um we've done quite a bit in some of the asian hubs like hong kong japan vietnam singapore etc 
So what do we do? So it's a very holistic approach. It is mainly packaged goods, but we have done some work in food service as well. And it depends, you know, largely in the startup, small to medium area. We'll have worked with some bigger companies. And, um, you know, one of the things I was really conscious of doing early in the piece is really, you know, part of your reputation of what you do as a consultant is some great case studies, right? So I was lucky enough to work with uh, Remedy Kombucha here in Australia mm -hmm. a few years ago, now in the UK and the US, and been 50% or almost half uh, acquired by Lion. Nathan, so and you know, and I use that and one or two others as, as good case studies for people to think, okay, great. Well, if he's helped them, then they can help me. So that's very important, and I, so I do use that. And then it's really at the highest level, it's strategy, and it you know, it starts off with you know, are you? I'm so I'm talking to potential brand now. You know, are you across all the insights, pricing? What are the trends? What are the gaps in the market? You know, are you are you positioning yourself appropriately to create success? Um, and there's this whole piece of uh, around commercial viability, yeah. which is the piece that really a lot of brands, particularly you know the startups and small to mediums, but even large businesses sort of struggle with. And that's broken into three pieces. One, the timing of what you're doing, you know, is the most important thing, right? So yes. are you too early? Are you, you know too early where no one's going to understand what you're doing? Are you too late where there's a million competitors and it's going to be hard to cut through? <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then the insights, as I said, is, you know, is there a need for your product and brand? Uh, have you asked the consumers? What have they said? That's missed. And then, again, the most important part is um, it's not just about your product, right? It's all about your brand and sure. your purpose and, yeah. the, you know, the greater good that you're trying to create. And that's the, 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 the why, I guess. Yeah, the, no, the exactly why. right. Yeah. Yes, um, and then you know, why would you get up in the morning? Why would you do what you do? And, exactly. You know, yes, and then it becomes a you know sales, distribution, and marketing play, and a lot of hard work. Um, so we get involved in all of that, um, varying varying stages depending on where we're at. I've had I've worked with a a big pie company up in Townsville for almost almost three years now. Some of the engagements are three months, but um, yeah, very dynamic and 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 very exciting. And how, how do you how do you find it's interesting how do you find um, the, especially the startups because one of the biggest challenges I have come across a few of those sort of scenarios here um, is is you know to, to take somebody like yourself on if there's a cost issue for them yeah how do you overcome that with especially with startups it's a it's a very good question look I I think. Um... It's been an issue over the years, but obviously I've, it's been four years now, so I've survived. And look, I think at the end of the day, my, my pitch to the smaller guys who have, you know, affordability challenges is, you know, it's not, it's really in the scheme of life, it's not a lot of money. It's, it's you know, for a, a monthly engagement, um, you know, it's kind of over a year. And obviously I'm not totally dedicated to their brand either. It's, you know, it's it's sort of an you know an average an average kind of wage for a for a full time person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. And then I'm, I'm able to we're able to sort of work with you know six or eight. We maybe had ten brands at, at one stage. Uh, so you know obviously you've got to be careful with how many brands you can work with. Sure. Um. And then look, there's there's lots of different ways to skin the cat. You know, potentially you know depending on the brand. 
and the potential. I mean, if there's enormous potential, then arguably a little bit more flexible with potential sure. Sure. deferred payment or different payment scheme or higher commission and a lower base. So we look at the commission as well. So as we build their business, we get a commission on the sales, which is much more palatable for the brands, but obviously less palatable for us. Yeah. But there's, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I think uh, to a degree, we tailor a package that's affordable, but obviously we can't do it for free, right? Because we sure, sure. eat as well. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Uh, it's 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 interesting because I mean you have such a versatile range of products that you sell. I mean I've I've seen it through the videoing that you do and the social media. Social media obviously is a big part of, of what you do. It has to be. Um, <laughs> you know where where you sit, branding, social media kind of goes hand in hand, doesn't it? It is, you know, and it's quite funny. Like fortunately for me, is you know I'm quite creative, and I've I've actually had very little training or coaching on um you know social media and what to do and how to do it um so i've really you know instagram and uh linkedin and my, well linkedin in particular but instagram is my other one where i'd sort of you know play around with and my instagram i mix a bit of family in there as you've seen to yeah. six and a half thousand followers i mean yeah yeah that's right and it's nice it's and authentic it's authentic and i think people like that and i just tell it as it is if the boys are in there you know so be it um and yeah no it is key and i have had a lot of the business we've generated has been through word of mouth or mm. through my social media mm. yeah mm. and i yeah. think i think well what people like to see is the man himself you know they like yeah. to see that human element of you know who, who they're dealing with i think Definitely. one of the things that um you know we we where i am in my age and you know obviously my my sons are in their sort of early 20s now yeah um and you know, they're, they're teaching me a few things on, on and, and sales and marketing. <laughs> Definitely. You know, and, and, and gone are those days where you, you have a, a marketing degree and you have a marketing qualification, you come into the, you know, it's, it's all blurred. The whole thing, so everyone's doing a little bit of it. It's really finding the right formula. And you, you, you do it beautifully through your, uh, some of the videos that you put out. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I love it, the fact that you talk about, because I have, I sometimes have a problem talking in front of a camera, also I get quite nervous. So I, I, I think you put out a a, a, a video about, um, you know, slow down, you don't have to rush out, uh, uh, the, the, what you what you say. You know, it's 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 wonderful. You, it's the right balance between you know stuff that's brand related, work related, yeah. and other other bits that support um, your listeners. Yeah, it's funny those. Um... You know, some of the one-minute videos you're referring to, I, I, I don't like to put a video up or if I haven't done it in one take. They're, they're absolutely all one take, we call it one take wonder. Yeah. So, you know, a bit of a rehearsal, I just have a few bullet points on a piece of paper. You might notice me glancing to the left yeah. every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they're all, believe it or not, they're all one takes. First take. Yeah, it's, it's incredible, isn't it? And, and you know, you, you would have thought... That um, you know you've had some sort of training. I mean, that, that's what <laughs> I, you know, and it, it, that's the beauty of of the social media is that everyone ha does it differently. There is no right way. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, look, I was fortunate. You know, I've, I still do a bit now, but I was always um, done a bit, did a bit of modelling over the years, so I, I was right. you know quite confident in front of camera and yeah i love talking as you can hear now you can't yeah. get a word in edgeways but yeah yeah i mean some people comes naturally and some it doesn't and it's it, it seems to for me hey, but you do a good job too i must say i enjoy looking at your your videos standing out front of the uh you know the hospital the other day yeah, mother, yeah. by the way 
Yeah, yeah, she's she's okay. She was, uh, I think, she just wanted to get out of the house. <laughs> um, yes. But she was she 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 had actually injured herself the day before. She did a little bit of um, home exercise, and she's 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 suffering from other ailments, quite serious ones. Yeah. Um, and they the ambulance came in. She her back was hurting. Took her to hospital. I went to see her, and that's why I did the post. They won't yeah. allow me to see her, obviously, naturally. Yeah. Um, but they they sent her back in the evening, so she's back. She's okay. You know, good. She's okay. Um, but you know, there's always a danger, isn't it, with what's going on? For, because she she can she can pick up something Definitely. pretty quickly, you know. Yeah. Um, well, we've got. Yeah, yeah. We got baby coming in two weeks, as you know. So yeah. It's, um, yeah. The debate is to do you stay in hospital or do you come home? And it's like one visitor at a time, so it's going to be interesting times. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. Uh, listen, uh, you know. It, the technology and the people are they're such they're such professionals uh, you know when i went to the hospital on uh that day they were so good um and they they, they obviously know their job um yeah and totally. our job is to listen to them i guess yeah. um but look i you know i i just really interested in 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 your career path because you know you've done the corporate piece and obviously yeah. this is the, this is the own business piece i mean yeah where, where does your heart sit obviously in the bi own business piece but because I've done a bit of corporate after my business. I went to work for yeah. Breaks Food Service. And yeah. I don't think I could survive. Oh, I didn't survive in corporate. It's just, just too much for me. No, look, it's a really good question. And the answer is I'm open-minded. I really enjoy what I'm doing now. And equally, if the right opportunity came up, which is not impossible. And, in fact, you know, I have had one or two conversations of recent times. Um you know, I'll to totally be open to jumping back in, but obviously I'd need a lot of autonomy and I'd need to be able to be creative otherwise. And that's the problem. <laughs> well, I don't think it is because that's my criteria. So, um, you know, it won't be a problem. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. So yeah, that would sure. be, be my criteria, right? Yeah, and yeah. I, you know, so, yeah, I'm op I'm, I am open, totally. Yeah. Okay, good. I mean, it's interesting because, you know, we, we, we've talked uh, a few times and... You know, to, to, I wanted to put this to you because for somebody out there who's looking to transition, especially somebody who's who's not necessarily starting off out of university, but who's done two, you know, 15, 20 years and want to transition into something else. Yeah. I mean, what's your advice on that? How, how, what, what do you think is the best way um, yeah. to do that, to be successful? To, to start sort of become a service provider of sorts. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. somebody who's been in a job, say in corporate, yeah. has gone gone in and wants to either start their own business up or, you know, move into a different field completely. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think, um, so I think, if, if you're talking, uh, you know, you know, corporate role in an industry and want to try another industry, still working yeah. for someone else, is that what you mean? Yeah. yeah I think um, I, I, well, I think it's all about transferable assets, right? Transferable skills transferable um you know experience from one is industry into another because i think what a lot of people don't realize is that the similarities so i worked in the automotive industry right um right. you know repco which is similar to your hortons yes from from grocery and it was so seamless it was ridiculous because at the end of the day it's a product and or a service mm. and the and the retail and b2b principles are the same they are the same yeah. Yeah. So I think people need to understand, as I said earlier, their you know your 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 strengths and how those are strengths strengths can apply into into um, another industry, and then and then 
my recommendation to people is, you know, list list the, you know, top 20 businesses that you really admire, regardless of the industry, as you know, as long as there's, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be a plumber and then want to be a hairdresser, for example, so a bit of common sense applies, but, um, you know, and reach out, you know, make sure you're your LinkedIn profile is excellent and you've got a red hot resume and then you reach out to these key people within these organizations directly, um, you know, through LinkedIn. Obviously, face to face meetings are great. Get into the obviously not right this second, but get into the right uh, networking breakfasts and so on and so forth. Yeah. And um, illustrate to these people, you know, the results you've achieved in doing what you're doing. And really, that is uh, and obviously. You know, there's the executive search firm world as well, but um, you know, my view, my view is uh, touch base directly yourself and be be clear on what your path needs to be, and get a mentor as well because often yeah. Yeah. it's hard to see the trees from the forests. And yeah. Uh, yeah. ironically, I've never had one, but probably need one right now. To be frank, um, okay. you know, have a have another have a sounding board as well. Yeah, it's interesting because you know, I was gonna. Uh, uh, my next question was actually. Uh, for somebody who's either worked for corporate or had their own business, and then they're transitioning out into um, a consultancy, basically somebody yeah. really, really going out into something on the lines of what you've done. Yeah. So for me, so I guess a couple of things for me is if you if you're going to be providing a service in an industry after a corporate career, it's got to be reputable and it's got to be credible. And the way to do that is a couple of things. One. Narrow, deep focus. So for me, it's food and beverage. And even though that's immensely broad, it's sort of narrow at the same time, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And then and then really uh, be very clear on who your, who your sort of target client is and why. And then the third piece is really, you know, building a very credible story. So when you engage with these potential clients, you've got either a great case study, whether that's your career or a great case study, whether it's a you know your, uh, some clients, and then really be able to articulate you know that value, so it's you know, at the highest level that that that's it. And obviously yeah. you know you know get some help along the way. Yeah. Um, that's it. Yeah. And I think I think um, also you you make some very interesting points and very valid points. I think the other areas is you know tap into the network. Oh um, my word. Yeah, you know, uh, it's something that I'm, I've actually gone back to and I'm going through this process at the moment. So really touching uh, base with everybody that I know and seeing yeah. kind of conversations and seeing what, what, what commonalities are there. No, definitely. And there's a word that falls out of networking, which is really important right this second, um, and that is collaborate. So, yeah. um, you know. you know, when I first started, someone doing something similar to me, you'd see as a competitor and now... I just, you know, I get in touch and say, hey, what do you think of this idea? In fact, I did. I had one this morning. Uh, we're looking at, um, you know, digital digital trade show mm -hmm. uh, type concept, you know, digital uh, video style uh, yeah. buyer, buyer retailer meeting sort of yeah. thing. And there's two or three of us from two or three different companies talking about pulling something like that together. So if you're working on your own and you're developing your own consultancy, you've got to collaborate, right? Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, you're going you're gonna to spin your wheels. It's yeah. absolutely, and, and especially what's going on now uh, worldwide. Um, For sure. You know, we, we, we don't know where things will end up and where we land. So no. you know, this, sort of, this sort of interaction is really, at the moment, the only medium we've got. Um, Definitely. 
to, to talk yes. to each other. So, you know, I think people need to understand to get in their mindset that this, there's a change here and it could be yes. partially permanent. Yes. Um, and I think that's that's really key. But one other thing that's really interesting that, that you brought up was this idea of, of when you have a, a business, a startup, is to, is to um, uh, uh, collect a, a number of um, high net worth individuals who are mentors to, to that business. Um, I think that is such an important point that you make. Um, it, is. It, it, yeah, because... it is. It is. It is. And also with the networking thing is interesting. You know, I'm, I guess I'm talking mainly on LinkedIn here, but also face to face. You know, people try and link link in. People try and limit who they're networking with on LinkedIn. You know, you, someone tries to link in with you, and you sort of look at it and go, well, "Why would I link in with that person? They're not going to add value to me or my life or my career." But you never know who they know, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and that's why that's 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 why that conversation is so so important. And you know, taking your advice, you know, just today I I've contacted a a, a company called In Touch, who actually help people like yourselves, people like myself, and place us into boardrooms as non-exec directors to help yeah. businesses. And especially if you think of where things are now companies that are on their knees and they need as much help as possible from those experienced people you know to help them to get back onto track and you know if if i i was describing to the individual i was talking to today you know if you look at me i i based on my own experience and where i've come from after losing a business um is that i'm not necessarily uh sort of risk averse but risk aware in my yeah. approach to to things yeah, well, I think it's an interesting point just raised there. One of the things we do, in fact, my, I see my job as helping uh, businesses reduce their risk as well as grow their business, right? So it's optimized growth and yeah. reduced risk. So I spend a lot of my time telling, telling people, asking, suggesting to people what not to do, probably yeah. more often than what to do, right? Yeah. As entrepreneurs, it's easier to say, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to do this, I'm going to do that. And you, you know, Often you have a lot more success being very clear on what you're not going to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting, and I think those, those pair of eyes that sit outside of the that sphere that the, you know where the where the forest sits. It's yeah. It, it, that's why it's it's. I think it's you you make this point so well that you know you, you've got to get these two three individuals into into that boardroom to give yes. you that um, outside view and consistently yes. keep on bouncing uh, things and uh, facts that's and right. ideas off of them. And get yeah. On it. yeah exactly well you know i guess it's two things it's you know having a really good plan first you know medium to long-term plan and then you know are we, then the the are we on track sort of forum yeah 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 and I, I think the one of the other things is i was talking to hayden my oldest and he works for a tech business and they again they're, they're, they're suffering at the moment but the interesting thing is is that um if you bring in those sort of individuals and if you bring in those individuals in the sectors that you want to work in, so that gives you those, those insights into the potentially those people will give you insights. They'll give you what are the pitfalls, what are the, what are the advantages? It allows you to actually gain knowledge from those uh, mentors to be able to go into a new sector, a new market that you want to tap into. So, you, you know, you, you make this wonderful point. Uh, just want yeah. to talk about also food. I mean, that's your life, isn't it? Um, yeah, it so, is. Uh, yeah. What's trending at the moment? Yeah, so obviously, you know, there's no secret. There's an enormous movement within the, you know, wellness, food and beverage or yeah. you know, better, for, better for you 
or whatever whatever catchphrase you'd like. And all, all the emerging trends largely are in that health sector. So I'll talk about one or two. So, you know, there's this whole movement that you'd be aware of around alternatives or, or you know, staple swap outs or, or, you know, a couple of names that we call it. And, you know, so this probably started about 12 or 13 years ago with um, soy milk, right, dairy uh, alternatives. So, mm. you know, um, started off with soy milk and that's almond milk and there's every milk you can shake a stick at. If, in fact, in Melbourne, half of coffee drunk in cafes is not cow's milk, it's alternative milk. Is it? But that's happened over, you know, a dozen years or so, so it's quite staggering uh, what the dairy industry could end up like in a, you know, in a, in a generation or so. So I love this movement of alternatives, you know, there's alternatives to pretty much anything, as you know. Um, and then uh, within that, there's this meat, you know, the alternative protein or alternative meat movement. So that's just going to that's just going to grow and grow and grow. And then within the alternative space, there's a lot of the really exciting stuff happening in alcohol. So okay. Alcohol-free alcohol. You might have heard of Seedlip, sort of a yes. uh, alcohol-free gin, which is really tastes like gin with the tonic. You wouldn't, you'd barely know, and it's just yeah. very, very clever. And then there's, you know, kombucha. I was in the states a few weeks ago. Um, there's kombucha that's now six percent alcohol. So kombucha now sits in with the alcohol area as well, with really cool branding. And then within there, there's also. Um, this just sounds terrible, but there's almost a better for you uh, alcohol emerging, which is you know cleaner, lower calories, um, okay. potentially got probiotics and all this stuff happening as well. So, a whole world of um, alcohol alternatives happening as well, which is exciting. But it's not, um, you know, and then it's food is medicine, and so there's lots happening in the food, but also um, in the you know it's a very small segment, but very high growth, and believe it or not. And this is evidenced by, you know, pasta and uh, pasta disappearing off the shelves over the last few weeks with the panic buying. But, you know, there is still a massive opportunity within this, uh, you know, call it the comfort food world. So when I stand at Sydney Airport in the food court at one o'clock at lunchtime, it's still McDonald's and it's still KFC that are that where the crowds are. Right. Mm. So yeah. there's still a massive opportunity to make that world call it, you know, conscious comfort food. So it's. It's slightly more, um, you know, health orientated and, you know, vegan pies would be maybe a good example yeah. in Australia that are really kicking on. Um, and then within that, there's this um, there's this notion of almost reinvention. So I've seen, you know, products that you and I know for all our lives are being reinvented into, you know, uh, uh, another a product or a brand for another occasion or another consumer. And a couple of examples are you know, a small packet of, um, you know, three dates that it's a convenience pack and it's a snacking pack, you know, very clever actually, but pretty basic with cool branding and also naan bread into bread crisps, you know, in a, in a, as a snacking yeah. product. So, yeah. so this whole notion of reinvention will gather momentum, but yeah, fundamentally they're the big ones, but there's a, there's a whole stack of others as well. Um, you know, I love in Australia in particular, the kids segment, um, so better for you, uh, snacking and drinks for kids for the school canteens and the school lunchbox. Or every child in Australia takes a lunchbox to school, so you know there's a there's a massive opportunity as well. So exciting times for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, running your own business, I guess, um, and you've had all, with all these opportunities that are coming through and have come through. 
clearly you are you, you know you have been successful in on what you've achieved what are, what are the challenges that you found you know as you've been in your journey um what are the obstacles that you've had to overcome to get to where you are and the other the other thing i was really interested in is, is you know where do you want to where do you where do you see yourself going yeah it's a good question so the first one look you know i suppose income wise over a 12 month period it's obviously you know more than good enough otherwise i wouldn't have been doing it for four years but it does get outrageously lump lumpy so you know obviously you know chasing payments uh so that that has been a bit tough on and off you know yeah yeah i can imagine that's a big yeah. challenge and then the other challenge is you know how do you how do you short circuit a conversation to to understand if there is an affordability uh issue with a potential client you know i mean how much I mean, obviously you want to engage with potential clients and talk to them and help them. But how long do you do that before they say to you, oh, I'd love to work with you, but I can't afford it. So that's the challenge, you know? Yeah. And then obviously, you know, you want to be, you want to work with these people and create some success for them. Right. So 95% of times we've been able to do that in one way, shape or form. But in the early days, there were one or two where we just couldn't do that. And it was more about their, their energy wasn't quite there. They were wanting to get out or the product wasn't right or the brand wasn't right. And, I was probably learnt my lesson there, just being a little bit more selective on who you do and don't work with as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some brands. Do you, do you get a lot of repeat business? Do you get a lot of you know, sort of come back to you after you've uh, completed a project? Um, I always stay in touch, but I think generally there's a, generally speaking there's a start and an end. Um, they need a help to get into a certain level, and then when that's done, we walk away, and that's the nature of the business. There's a couple of businesses that I've worked with for a long time. I think March will be three years with the Outback Pie Company here in uh in queensland um mm. Mm. yeah so they're the you know they're the challenges uh and also you know it's very, i work with um simon here it's a bit lonely as well right it is a lonely old world so especially yeah. when you've led big big teams you know corporate you know corporate parties and lots of interaction with lots of different people from all walks of life so i do miss that as well the team uh, the team leadership piece yeah yeah sure. yeah it's interesting because uh just for the listeners sake you know we connected uh because my son came and worked for you <laughs> he did he was an intern mate he was great he also was very good educator on all the rooftop bars in melbourne for me so, there you go. <laughs> okay you didn't tell me that <laughs> no 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 um, he's but, a good lad yeah yeah he, no, i think he enjoyed it too. he enjoyed Look, it and he, he, he has very fond memories i think you yeah, know great. you you were quite an inspiration to him uh, that's um, great are you are you still involved in the intern side of things yeah, yeah, yeah. We are. Uh, I spoke to one yesterday, in fact. But okay. we're looking at doing it digitally. <laughs> I'm not sure how that will work. <laughs> wow, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. keep and on then, posting on that one. Yeah, <laughs> and then to answer to answer your um your question on you know the vision. Yeah, I think the vision is you know at the highest level you know more of the same. But I have um I have thought of uh taking it a couple of steps further and, and being involved or owning or starting the distribution side as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the notion there is, you know, most distributors are product movers and not much else, no disrespect to anyone. Um, but I think there's an opportunity to, you know, have a distribution company that can actually provide the help that we provide as well more holistically. Mm-hmm. So we do, all, we do all of this stuff. And by the way, we distribute as well. Uh, and that would do a couple of things. It would be very credible when you're having conversation with brands to say, hey, we're a distributor as well. Like, oh, shit, really? Um, yeah. 
yeah, so I think that that would be that would be the end game, and then obviously you know the brands wouldn't want to hear this, but obviously we are looking to invest and or develop our own brands as well because we can and we're yeah. well connected. Yeah, so why wouldn't why you wouldn't got, we? You, exactly. I mean, you 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 run. I guess you have two already. There's uh, Yellenbra. Um, Yellenbra, yeah, 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 which is your um, olive oil. Um, yeah. So Yellenbra.com for anyone yeah, who's right. interested. So, yeah, um, and obviously, I guess you you did you have any uh, involvement in the jewelry side of things in terms of branding? Not really. I just help Ellie just from an advisory. We have a small board, so I chair that board. Um, so not really a direct direct involvement. Obviously, when she's doing new collections, we get involved and have a look at what what's going to work. And but she's very creative. You know, she's like a, she reminds me of um, if you've seen. There's a really good documentary just started about um, Ralph Lauren. Right. Uh, it's called Very Ralph. You should check it out. And okay, I'll he, check it he's, out. He, yeah. He's like, just very quickly, I don't want to tell you about the, the documentary. Yeah. But he, he, he actually was a really snappy dresser and uh, couldn't find anything that he wanted to wear. So he started getting his own clothes tailor made. Right. Yeah. And then okay. he just, and that's how it started. So Ellie's the same. Like, she just doesn't want anyone to tell her what piece of jewelry should look like. She's yeah, very yeah, right brained. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, there's not yeah. a lot of help I can do on the design side, but from a commercial point of view, I help. Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting because I, I just want to just kind of step away from the, the the business side and look at more of your in your in your life and and you know again going back to research, you know, you're part of the sort of white ribbon. You're a white ribbon ambassador. Um, yeah. You know, involved in White Lion as mentor. You know, you you do a lot of other things that are uh, I think very important to you, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I do love, uh, you know, the giving back piece. I don't know where that comes from, to be honest. But I think, you know, you know, if everyone did something for, you know, people in need, then uh, the world would be a different place, right? Uh, whether yeah. that's time or, or financially or any other way. But, yeah, so the white line was helping young people coming out of the justice system to adjust. Um, and, and white ribbons actually now um, – it's actually now ceased white ribbons, sadly, in Australia. But, yeah, that was uh, helping um, – you know, promoting awareness of um, to stop violence against women, women from men. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I, I just want to touch on one other thing that I guess it was, more, I mean, to use the word challenging, I think it would be an understatement. And you posted on your social media um, on what happened to your son, Remy. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, I was shocked when I read that. And, you know, yeah. credit to you, my friend, credit to you for, um, having the courage to actually post something like that because that's something yeah. people find difficult to talk about. Do you want to? Do you want to share? Yeah, that? no, it's a really emotional time. It was, um, oh my god, it's three years ago now, was it? It was. It was fifteen months. And um, cut a long story short, there's a big issue in Australia with uh, drownings in backyard swimming pools. Right. A lot of, lot of, lot of Australian homes have a swimming pool in the backyard. So, um, and then God knows how many years ago there was legislation came into every pool had to be uh, fenced for obvious reasons. Yeah. So we had a good fence and a gate and um, the edited version of the story is we, we were out down the park and my father was, my father-in-law was at home and he was cleaning up around the pool and he propped the, propped the pool gate open with a chair, which is a, even if the family's in Brazil, what's one thing you should never do is prop a, prop a, uh, a pool gate open, yeah. obviously yeah. when you've got little ones. So we all came home, and I was cutting up mangoes in the kitchen, which fortunately was within uh, within view of the pool. And Remy, my at the time fifteen month old, potted out and um, lowered himself into the pool and 
just in the corner of my eye, I could see this tuft of hair sort of wobbling around face down. Um, and then just like Superman, I went over the kitchen table, over the fence, and I, I was in there and lifted him up, and he's sort of spluttering already, thank God. And, um, yeah, called the ambulance and all that rigmarole. And it was all right. So I think he was probably face down. I'm guessing it was, you know, maybe 10 seconds. And um, it, it actually allegedly can, can be as quick as 45 seconds for that, mm. for that to be mm. all over. So, yeah, and I, I, I did. I, and it was the middle of summer. It was January. So I did, I did want to write about it just to heighten the awareness. I mean, I've, I know a friend of a friend who lost twins. And I think last, I think, don't quote me, but I think it's somewhere in the region of 250 or 300 littlies that do drown in pools and it's wow. largely through damaged fences or malfunctioning fences and it's just um yeah just a horrible thing but you know a lucky escape for me yeah yeah and, yeah it's a very very brave thing to do to to share that by the way i think it's yeah and it's, it's it's creating that awareness also it's it's important um, I, like yeah. i said you 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 look at social media profiles and you you, you just don't you don't you don't pick any of this sort of stuff up and and the fact that you shared it was was just brings the human side out yeah know? i think it's really good um yeah no, it's absolutely that, brilliant Thanks. um yeah. and, and you know again going back to your interests uh sports you'd like yeah, sports mate. i think yeah <laughs> yeah i have i've always i've always loved fit i've always i'm a fit, pretty fit guy obviously less so today than you know 20 years ago but i um <laughs> look, look pretty fit to me <laughs> i was always a good runner always been had the running thing and um played soccer played football in england growing up obviously and got into triathlon in a big way in the 90s i actually in 2010 i did the ironman triathlon which is the you know 3.8 swim and the 180 ride and then the marathon so i wouldn't recommend that to anyone but <laughs> i uh, that was my day of madness in fact 10 year anniversary is coming up on the 28th of march wow okay okay <laughs> yeah okay. now i just a bit of running and uh, get into the gym and just chasing the boys is enough man you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell me about it i i did i did that about sort of 10 10 15 years ago they're they're now in their 20s like i said so it it, it, it i've got actually more time actually i'm i'm got i've gone back into the gym a little bit more with a little bit more structure because i've got that time to to do that yeah because um, they're, they're, they've grown up um but interestingly uh, you know we, we touch upon brighton hove Football. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, tell, tell me about yeah. your love for that, for that, for the team. Yeah, yeah. Well, I grew up in Eastbourne. It's forty-five minutes from Brighton, so I, I, I became a you know a Brighton supporter very young. They did the FA Cup run in nineteen eighty-three. So if anyone um, that's you know less than kind of forty years old, you wouldn't know that Brighton got to the FA Cup final in nineteen eighty-three. Very memorable cup run. And then you know I, I saw them numerous times, obviously, and follow them now and been bloody frustrating the last year uh, yeah. you know graham potter's done a great job def yeah. different playing style but they just can't score goals you know it's yeah, bloody yeah. frustrating yeah and then i think um my prediction for what will happen with the premier league you want to hear that yeah might as well <laughs> uh, you know the boys were, were, were just to just to let uh, listen to those the boys have a um podcast called the premier league trio so they yeah. said, look, listen, if you want to go on there, they're happy to, to bring you on as guests and talk football for half an hour, 40 minutes, whatever it is that you want to do. I might so do that. Yeah. Might do yeah. That. Let, 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 tell me, 
Yeah, I think um, so. As everyone would probably know, if you half follow the football, Premier League's finished at the moment. Yeah. I think they should finish the season regardless of how long it's going to take. And I think you know it's all about Liverpool to be honest, because they're so far ahead. Yeah. I reckon they should get get together a couple of neutral grounds and smash out the rest of the season in you know four or five weeks, probably two games a week, um, and then worry about next season um, when when uh, when next season comes around, whenever that might be. And obviously, all these games will more than likely be played without crowds. So I think that would be the best outcome. In fairness to everyone, and obviously, you know, financially, probably we'll, we'll get some things back on track as well. So, but let's see, eh? Yeah, let's see. I, I think uh, there's so many things that have been affected by this, you know, football, Olympics, so many other activities. And I think um, it'll be interesting to see where that where that goes. Just on a sort of as we're sort of um, uh, tailing off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Corona, COVID-19. Yeah. I mean, yeah. ha, ha, what's what's your thoughts on, on, on the virus in terms of how it'll impact and especially in Australia, because, uh, you know, obviously we're, we're we're in the UK. We're, I guess, a little bit ahead of you in terms of the curve. Um, yeah. But for yourselves, I mean, what's your view on in terms of the impact on Australian life? Oh, it's dire, isn't it? I mean, um, what can I say? I think it's going to be this, this similar everywhere. So obviously, economically, it's a massive challenge, isn't it? Um, it is. Yeah. Uh, what, you know, what can I say? It's going to be lots of unemployment. Well, hopefully, one thing is going to be short term. Yeah, um, short to medium yeah. term. So, in, in my industry specifically, in the hospitality, my advice is, you know, if you've got a cafe, or it's all about getting your costs out. You know, getting the government help, which is obviously available. Um, you know, getting rent relief as quickly as you can, and then you know, really, I think one thing that's really key in all of this is positive mindset, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think if you're on the front foot, and I've seen some really innovative ideas from pub owners who are doing home deliveries and all kind of stuff takeaway delivery and also back on the collaboration top topic so you know if i've got a cafe and i'm in richmond here in melbourne where there's another 50 cafes within two kilometers yeah. how can i how can i collaborate yeah. um yeah. you know uh, digitally hopefully these food service businesses have got a, a consumer database that they can continue mm -hmm. to talk to through facebook or instagram and then when it all comes good they can you know you can get back to normal but you know it's really you know survive and be positive um, on the retail side, you know, the FMCG package goods side, I think we'll be sensitive when we talk about this because it's actually pretty positive, I think. I mean, it's really Easter and Christmas all rolled into one for probably yeah. the next 12 months, right? So yeah, yeah. Sta staples, staples are going through the roof. There's no, um, you know, people are talking about food shortages. So so with flour, for example, just so everyone knows, grain is, uh, wheat is harvested once a year. Um, and then they mill it as they need it. So there's 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 going to be no shortage of food down this part of the world anyway. Yeah. Um, and then you know stay positive, keep good relationships with the retailers, ask them how you can help. And the other, the big one is um, you know any investment that you have available for your business, be putting it into price and promotions to get the prices down to make it more accessible to more people because people's pockets are going to dry up. Mm -hmm. And the funky, uh, you know, four dollar protein ball are going to be a little bit lower volume than they otherwise might be. So anything that can help in that camp um, is going to work. And then you know, smaller, smaller pack sizes to, to again to get the price down to get things more accessible in the wellness, uh, food and beverage world. So, mm -hmm. but you know, I read an article this morning from a European uh, food 
insights trends provider is so gloomy um you might see my comment on on linkedin there it, I, I see it as um package wise pretty positive and hospitality is dire but hopefully it's short term and you know if you've got the right mindset i think we can all bounce back so that's my thoughts yeah, yeah it's interesting you say that just today here in the uk carluccio's is bringing in the administrators um they were under a cba yeah. anyway Right. I think I think what's going to happen on the food service side, I think um, the the independence we're kind of going backwards. The independent operator is, in 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 very loose terms, is going to win because they have a much smaller uh, um, cost base. Um, yeah. there's a lot of government support in terms of you know um, uh, the furlough um, scheme with for for for, for um, paying the uh, employees their the wages. Um, there's also um, rental uh, um, waiving going on and other sort of yeah. schemes that are coming in. The, the larger businesses that have 30, 40, yeah. 50 sites, they're, they're the ones who are going to be actually hurting. Yeah. Uh, even if you take, take the, the um, wage scheme away and, and the rental away, there's just that cost that they're carrying. Yes. Um, so I think, I think uh, you know, when we started, um, when I started my food service career, when there were a lot of independent players and very few groups, I think we're going to not go back to that, but certainly we're reversing into that arena. And the independent yeah. will have a lot more um, clout and, and yeah. be quite creative and innovative. And, you know, if they can just get through this, this, this period, yes. I Great. think um, whether it's the UK and whether it's Australia or Canada or America, I think that will be, that's the, yeah. the, the era of big is, is going to reduce, I think. Yeah. Um, and that honestly, I know that there's jobs involved and everything else and don't want to sound heartless, but, you know, we need we need a rebalancing a readdressing of the yeah. way things, the, things have been, especially in hospitality in this country, at least anyway. Um, yeah. And, you know, my own experience of the last 18 months, 24 months of losing my business and going through um, the stress at that level for me. Uh, nothing's changed. I'm still at that stress level. So, you know, sitting at home and, and experiencing, yes, obviously there's a health issue, but that stress and that pressure is there. So I've yeah. got used to it. Yeah. Um, as opposed to people who are now coming into this and, th and, and, and some of them freaking out and they're getting yeah panicky. I mean, it's an interesting one that, you know, lots of people are stressed out. I mean, my, my personal view is, is what I, I mean, I, my, my mantra on life is just, you know, worry about what you can control. Yeah. Um, and try not to Absolutely. worry about what you can't control. So, you know, your own health, your own finances, your own family. Um, so listen, uh, mate, it's been, it's been really insightful. I, I'm, I, I thank you for your time. Is Pleasure. there anything that you want to, you want to ask, or is there anything that you want to say, uh, you know, just, uh, no, look, if people, you know, people out there listening want to have a chat about anything, particularly in the food and beverage world, my um, djbfoodgroup.com um, and all my details are on my LinkedIn profile there, David J. Burns. And just give us, if you want to have a chat, and, you know, if you can't see the trees from the forest, just give us a give us a buzz and we'll do it. Yeah. We'll have a we'll have a Well, I'll, I'll show you details on the, on the yeah. post anyway. That'll be, that'll be really good. And, you know, listen, I, I, if you're ever down this neck of the woods, please um the, the concept that i'm i'm trying to do here in terms of this is is actually more around um this, this, this there'll be a lot of this sort of stuff going on in terms of the videoing and but it, yeah. when we eventually can come face to face and interact with human beings again the yeah. idea is that that i'd like to 
um, do a little bit of cook-off and then invite the guest and we, we, we have a natter and we eat and socialize yeah. around the, the food and, and talk about challenges. And that's the sort of format I want. I love it. Yeah. Well, mate, watch um, out for over the next week. I'm going to start um, recipes, four, four ingredients with four steps. So okay. Keep, keep an eye out. Okay, good stuff. So I'll be practicing some of your some of your ideas. Then. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. Anyway, listen, mate. Give my best to the family. I will. And uh, look you. after yourself. And thanks uh, so much. No problem. Stay in touch, mate. Talk to you soon. Bye. Take care. Bye now. Bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.